Are there any vegans out there? Vegan what time is it? It's so hard. It's so hard to not abuse animals. Carnies can fuck themselves. Don't fuck themselves. This is a shot of all vegans. Vegans, how the fuck are you? Ah, I'm so glad that there are a few people that on this world that are still vegan, let me tell you. You know, this morning I watched this incredible thing that Nilf put together. Actually, No Injustice Lasts Forever. He put together this little, uh, what was it? was like a little Joey Carbstrong compilation of, uh, no, it wasn't Carbstrong. Who was it? It was Vegan Gaines and that jerk Venus, Leo Venus. I think he was, it was John Venus or Leo Venus. I think it was Leo Venus. And, um, I really loved it. It was really good work. I thought that was one of the better compilation videos I'd seen because, uh, he's just owning Leo Venus, which is, choice and it's really quite wonderful if you haven't seen go to no injustice last forever's uh youtube page right now well not right now not right now but as soon as this is over maybe it's only about eight minutes long i watched it on double i watch everything on double so it's like four minutes long for me and uh it was really good i think that if you have any love in your heart for vegan gains uh or even if you're like me and you're very critical of vegan i'm pretty critical but uh, this, the video that he does with Leo, uh, Venus, like I said, choice. And uh, then I watched the rant of Joey Carbstrong today, which was also really good. Uh, Joey Carbstrong ranting about armchair vegans criticizing him. And I was like, all right, I can see where you're coming from, man. All right, all right. And, uh, you know, I am also critical. I'm always critical. I'm, I've got a critical mind. But he's like, if you're, if you're not, you let die, you're letting the animals die, and you're out here telling me what I should be doing. And I thought it was really good. It's all shot in vertical, but it's like 10 minutes long. Or for me, it's five minutes because, you know, I, 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 life moves pretty fast. And if you don't stop to enjoy it, you just might miss it. Gah! Thank you. Just admit that Nazis are bad. Stop being dumb. I, that's what's so funny. Like, okay, so Leo Leo Venus just decides he's just not going to say Nazis are bad. Well, morality is subjective. And what's funny is that Vegan Gaines even goes, Richard, he even goes, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I agree that morality is subjective, which I mean, look, what a stupid thing to, whatever, I don't care. Um, but no, there's nothing dumber then someone if somebody asks it reminds me of ghostbusters have you ever seen ghostbusters where like he goes ray if uh if a <laughs> if a, a supernatural creature asks you if you are a god you say yes and um <laughs> i feel like if anybody ever asks you if the holocaust was bad you say yes if anybody ever asks you if hitler was wrong you say yes just get it through your head right now that no matter what that's what you say was hitler bad yes <laughs> was the holocaust bad yes that's it like it should be no hesitation no hesitation if you hesitate even a little bit for that question there might be something seriously wrong with you you might need a you might need a whole transplant a whole brain transplant is what i'm saying you might have to have like you might maybe you need to be locked up like he would say well you know you know someone like hitler might maybe need to be locked up maybe leo venus needs to be locked up he's clearly there's something going on there like is the dude is i mean it does is he a nazi sympathizer is he a lenny riefenstahl Maybe maybe he's like a Lenny Riefenstahl. Maybe. If you don't know who Lenny Riefenstahl is, that's okay. We're going to talk about her today. Maybe he's like Lenny Riefenstahl. Mm. So today, um, 
yesterday. Great day at Pete. Look at this. Huh? I've been I've been indoctrinated. I've been I've been inducted. Or I've been abducted. So of course I am part of the abduction team, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm the media the media contact of the abduction team. So I'm really excited about that because um, I get to use some of my media skills, some of my interview skills. I'm super dope, excited about that. So yesterday I got to learn from like one of the head, um, the head media contacts of PETA. I got to learn from him kind of a lot of the techniques that they use for answering questions with the press. And I got to go over our talking points and some of our sound bites. Oh, let's do the sound bites. I have some of our sound bites here. Would you like to hear them? Would you like to hear them? Oh, two, baza. So two, PETA two, um, it's been on kind of, I want to, I want to say it's been somewhat dormant for the last couple of years because of COVID, but, um, so you might not have heard of it depending on how long you've been vegan. You might not have heard of PETA two. PETA two, um, was founded as more of like a youth oriented outreach. It was founded. I want to say, I do, I remember when it happened and I went vegan in 2005. So I want to say it happened in 2006 or seven or something like that. PETA two started becoming a thing where they would have, um, campus reps and something called SOS, which was students opposed to speciesism. And they started having chapters on campuses and also paid positions for students on campuses, which is kind of, um, been castrated since because of, of many states passing laws against the contractors of like Uber and Lyft. And so states have been forced to um, re redefine what a what a what an independent contractor is. And when you are an independent contractor, uh, like a student's representative for PETA, the laws have changed. And so like in California, there are no um, no paid reps on college campuses. But PETA 2 still does SOS, which is students opposed to speciesism. And so that's kind of, that's the team that I'm involved with is PETA 2 for this journey. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Mm. So do you get the, okay, just no adjusted. Now, do you understand now why the point of PETA 2? So like PETA is like the, so there's three really. There's PETA Foundation, there's PETA, and there's um, PETA 2, and there are sub teams within them, right? It's the way they organize their efforts. So PETA is mostly doing things like animal rescue and uh, just like direct to the public, also through legislature and all of those types of like forward facing um, major issues. PETA 2 is is creating a pipeline for activists. So PETA 2 gets people involved that are like, um, well, first of all, it, it makes the issues known to younger people, but also those who are already involved in animal rights activist activism at like the college level or even high school, I guess. Um, the idea is to pipeline them into a life of activism where they're working for the animals and then go on to careers where they'll still be um, kind of rights-minded, justice-minded. So that's what PETA 2 is kind of about. You with me on this? Are you with me? No injustice lasts forever? Say yes. Would you do Nilfi, say yes. Would you please? Because I want to move on. I want to do my talking points. I was hoping to practice them with you. Are you, are you ready for that? Let's do it. We're launching our newest VR experience, Abduction, where participants experience being abducted by aliens and used for experimentation over and over. The experience is roughly six minutes long and we'll be traveling to college campuses across the country in our mobile VR studio. I will be driving a mobile VR studio around America and helping to teach people about animal exploitation and experimentation. What do you think? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Get them young. Get them young. Well, really, it's like a lot of the people that are kind of going into the rep thing, they're already young activists. Right. And they just need support. And because they're going to do events on the college campuses, PETA and PETA 2 can't really be doing all of those events. Right. So they're going to do their own screenings and things like that. And so PETA can, well, through PETA 2, really support those efforts. So like with pamphlets, uh, you know, the, the going vegan guides, all that jazz, tons of support that way, apparel, things like that. 
bites. Okay, here we go. PETA's newest virtual reality experience is truly out of this world. I like it. Transporting tra participants into the lives of animals used for laboratory experiments through the analogy of an alien abduction. I like it. We do it through an analogy. We're transporting we're transporting humans into the experience of animal what is it? Through through the lives we are transporting participants into the lives of animals used for air experimentation through the analogy of an alien abduction. Oh, man. The writers, man, they're pretty good. This guy, his name's Ken. The experience is non-graphic, but still disturbing. Participants engage in a series of scenes inspired by real life experiments on animals. They watch their friends have tubes shoved down their throats, be forced to inhale chemical fumes and experience cold cramped cages, very much aware that they'll be next. Yeah, it's pretty extreme. Like it's not, I shouldn't say pretty, it's not extreme, but it's like you put when you're in there, and the other, the people who are being experimented on like animals, they are kind of like looking at you for help and like getting eye contact with you. So it is a, it is pretty, um, if you have a shred of empathy in you, like I knew what I was getting into, I'd seen it, I'd seen other people go through it. And still when I put on the mask, the VR experience was still, and I feel like I've got a pretty hard heart. I've seen Dominion, you know, <laughs> it still was a bit moving. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty moving. Jean is here. Jean Valjean all the way from uh, Costa Rica. How are you? Fire in the sky traumatized me when I was a kid. That makes sense. Deem stars. Fire in the sky was a very, it's very fire in the sky, except you're like in the New Mexico desert or something. I think it was filmed in California, but it looks like New Mexico. I, I get New Mexico vibes. And mm, you're like stranded in a car on a road trip and the aliens take you and start experimenting on you. Some people scream. Abduction is visiting universities around the U.S., most of which have cruel animal labs and have multiple have, have they have received multiple federal animal welfare violations and engaging with students about the horrors of animal testing. This high immersive virtual reality experience helps students develop empathy for animals used and killed in labs by putting them in animals place for a few minutes so they get a far more accurate sense of what it's like to be forced to endure invasive experiments against their will. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy because like, you're looking down and you see your body covered in, in, um, in this metal blanket thing. And you're like, it, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I can't, I, I think like, it's funny cause we do the future fours episodes with, um, with our friend Jess and we talk about the future and how we can use this new technology for animal rights and activism. And I'm so excited. I'm honored that I get to use some of this new technology because it's a meta, it's one of those metas, you know, the meta um, goggles, like an Oculus thing, but it's the, it's the one that's for meta. And, um, and we, and once you're in there, you're like in this virtual reality experience, it's shocking. It's really good. And, you know, it's cool to use new tech for animal activism, especially on co college campuses where people are, you know, they're, 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 they're excited about new ideas. They're under, they're excited about new technology. They have open minds. When I was in college, I was all about possibility. I was still pretty optimistic and I've been judged about maintaining that optimism because let's face it. I still believe a vegan world is happening right now. I know a lot of you think it'll never happen in our lifetimes. I think it's already here. We just have to make it bigger, make it stronger. Animal testing is ineffective, unethical, and overwhelmingly fails to advance human health. 95% of drugs that test safe and effective using animals on a, uh, go on to fail in human studies. Did you know that 95%? Things like Alzheimer's, like we've cured, we've cured cancer in mice. <laughs> because that's all we do. We, 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 we infect mice with cancer over and over and over again and cure the mice of cancer. But we haven't cured one cancer when it comes to humans. Think about that. We've cured cancer in mice. That's what animal testing has given us. So when a mouse, although mice didn't have a cancer problem, we have to give them cancer in order to cure their cancer. Don't forget. So we've not cured real cancer in mice. We've cured intentionally infected mice that we infected with cancer cells. We've, we've cured that. Brilliant. Way to go, America. 
it's not just America, but you know, way to go, America. Animals in laboratory. Wait, hold on a second. We have, uh, it's time to switch to superior human relevant animal free research methods, such as studies using consenting human volunteers or donated human tissue, sophisticated in vitro methods and advanced computer models. I thought that was pretty interesting because like, I was really interested in all the new tech because there is a PETA plan. Like there's a, it's a book. So it's, it's, it's some heavy reading. It's for scientists, you know, but I was, I was looking through it and they have like organs on chips that the, the organ is on a chip and it's human it's human tissue in this microchip and you could uh, <laughs> link them together with a heart and things like this and then testing test drugs on them. It's shocking. It's such an amazing technology. It looks, it looks sci-fi too. It looks really cool. And, um, and there's also the, the, of course, computer models, but um, they also talked about microdosing, And I was like, yeah, no shit. Why the fuck aren't we microdosing? It seems like so stupid. When I heard that, I was like, yeah, we're micro. I know a lot of people microdosing mushrooms so they can get through a day at work. Why aren't we microdosing small amounts of drugs in, in that we know are non-fatal in human test subjects that won't hurt them voluntarily? They volunteer. Like that makes perfect sense to me. Like microdosing isn't isn't really, I shouldn't say it's not dangerous, but I mean, there's a, there's an assumed risk and a, and a kind of a predictable risk when it comes to microdosing. Why the, why wouldn't you just microdose humans? Why are we even messing with swim tests with mice to see if they'll give up? Like, do you know what they do? They take mice and they put them in water and they give them antidepressants and they see if the mouse gives up because they can't get out of the water. And so they'll swim, 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 and they'll defecate and they'll, they'll, they're, they're dying of, of they're, they're dying. And then if they give up, they'll be like, ah, the anti-depression medicine didn't work. That doesn't make any sense. They're in water. Every animal's different. Some animals are gonna give up early. Every mouse has, is an individual. And, and they're completely unreliable. They do it with six mice and they'll have six different results of, of but the same drugs but they still do it. They're continuing to do it. It's very, very shocking. So many jobs will be created and safer experiments. Exactly, Hannah Moon Vegan. Absolutely right. You're totally right about that. I completely agree. How will we know that smoking is bad for you if you don't test cigarettes on mice? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's funny. Like, how would we know that oven cleaner shouldn't go in your eye if we don't test it on rabbits? It's like, it's oven cleaner. Of course it's bad for your eyes. Let's use a little bit of common sense. Shocking to me that things like that. But the other thing was um, monkey experiments. Uh, we watched a lot of videos about monkey experiments yesterday and how um, like, you know, this shit's going on. It's kind of like watching Dominion. Like, you know, things are going on and then you watch it and you're like, shit, I didn't know it was that bad. God damn. Like, you know, you read about, I've read, I've read Peter Singer. I know about the animal experiments in his book and the curiosity experiments. Like, oh, we just want to know if you lock an animal, like they, one person had 128 different species of birds that they used to, um, put spiders and things next to their food to see if they would be afraid. What are they afraid of? Are they afraid of spiders? Are they afraid of snakes? What are birds afraid of? Like just curiosity, no, no intention to help humanity or, or um, develop a drug or something like that. Just to see, I wonder, I wonder if birds are afraid of spiders. Let's lock them in boxes and put, and put scary things next to their food. Just to, just to find out. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. And then um, we read the law about animals in testing that if the if they sign that they have to cut open, burn, harm, stab, um, smash, beat, any of those things, like there's a long list of things that they're allowed to do. They're allowed to do all of them if they just say, yeah, we have to do that. And no pain medication or anything. That So they're just... Um, smashing animals heads open for no reason in real life human trials are the only evidence that matters for consumption well exactly i think that i think it's pretty clear you know i think it's pretty clear that 
microchip organs. They call them organs on chips. So you make an organ on a chip. And then if it works, move on to human testing. I don't know. Well, first it'd be like a computer model, then organ on a chip, and then human. That's what we did for that's what we did for COVID vaccine. And you know what? No matter how you feel about it, it happened quickly. Imagine purposely giving animals cancer and thinking humans are anything but the most vile species on the planet. Well, yeah, um, there's there's a movie. Shit, we had to watch it. It won a BAFTA. I don't remember the name of it right now. But we watched a movie about um, people who were going through their PhD programs and uh, through their doctoral programs, and they had to test on animals. And some some quit and some continued. And both of them were traumatized. The human trauma of killing animals for this is very real as well. Like you can't you can't live through that and not be and just be okay. You can't live through that and be like, oh, I'm hunky dory now. I just smashed a monkey a monkey in the face to see if it'll love its mother afterwards. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's just it's very shocking, shocking. Mm. I can't fuck with that misanthropy shit. <laughs> you don't fuck with that. You don't fuck with misanthropy. Hmm. I guess I would say, not to hate humans, but do humans deserve to be saved if that's what they're doing? I think that that's a better question. Um, we're supposedly doing all of these, not all of them, like curiosity experiments aren't about um, helping helping people, but a lot of like the drug experiments ostensibly are supposed to be helping humans. Do humans deserve to be helped if they're doing these experiments on animals? I might say no on that one. I'm not saying that I'm an ethylist and want to kill all the people or whatever, but do we really deserve to be saved because we're hurting, you know, by harming animals? We harm animals in order to be saved? That don't seem right at all to me. Japan is worse for experience, drugs and cosmetics. Yeah, well, Japan and China have to do that for um, cosmetics. It's true. In, in Japan and China, they still use... Animals for cosmetics, yeah. In America, not so much because California and New York have both outlawed it. So we really don't have it very much as for cosmetics in America anymore. We still do, but not as much. And um, But in China and Japan, they still demand that cosmetics be tested on animals by law. So yeah, it is a problem for sure. My shit for this tour is mostly about medical testing, but we had to learn a little bit about cosmetics too. Mm-hmm. Come join me. It's warm and cuddly over here. <laughs> no, I totally agree with you, Deem Stars. I'm asking about the methods. Like, if the methods are so horrible, should we do we deserve the um, any benefit that is derived from such heinous methods? Do we deserve that? I'm not talking about each individual and all that stuff. I'm talking about larger picture stuff. The pet and vivisection industries are largely unregulated. Up to 1 million pets are abandoned each year, depending on trends. Baza, were you here yesterday? We watched um, Breaking the Chain. Whew, Breaking the Chain. If you haven't seen it, it's free on Vudu. Watch that one. It's about PETA's, uh, PETA's work in the field for impoverished animals where they provide. We have, I've, seen the, I've seen the trucks. It's pretty amazing. They have these um, spay and neuter vehicles that will drive five hours and go in mobile spay and neuter clinics and they'll even pick up animals, take them to their rep, to their um, sanctuary, operate on them and then return the animals. It's like, they're just doing the best they can. It's, it's shocking work. It's really shocking what happens with the pets. And, and cause, and they're just, they're, they're chained. They're not, they're not pets in any real way. They're pets in like the worst possible way. If everyone went on a whole food plant-based diet, it would reduce the need for men, many daily drugs by a huge amount that they won't want that. That's totally true too. A vegan diet will, <laughs> you're totally right. A plant-based diet will negate the need for all of this testing anyway. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Good point. Good point, Jean. Very good point. Um, the word of the day. <laughs> oh, I wanted to say, uh, have you guys seen this, this the 
I don't know if you heard, but Amer America outlawed abortion. Um, well, they didn't outlaw abortion. They put it up to the states. So places like Texas that share a border with Mexico are no longer, you're not allowed to have an abortion. But one of the, all the busiest, the busiest border crossing in the world is in California. It's called Tijuana and San Isidro. But all the other busy ones are in Texas. And now uh, Mexico has legalized abortion rights. So now, a Texan who doesn't want to have their baby can go to Mexico to get an abortion. Um, what do you think about that? I think it's extremely interesting. This is a result of 40 years of grassroots activism in Mexico. It's a result of 50 years of grassroots activism in America. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, the... Um, the fetal rights, they call them a concept, rights at conception crowd, the rights at conception crowd, or the anti-choice crowd, they've been working for 50 years to overturn Roe v. Wade, and now they have. But the decision in Latin America was almost word for word Roe v. Wade decision. It was pretty awesome. I In this article right here, they compare the language of the two. It's really interesting to me that Latin America has now, uh, now has more rights for women than America. It's a little shocking, but in California, we're still pretty good. For now, right now I'm in Virginia where the rights are all weird because you have to have a transvaginal ultrasound if you want to have a have an abortion. It's really heinous and horrible and it's 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 criminal. They call it state rape in Virginia. And um oh, it's rough, guys. It's rough in America. State from state to state, the laws are different, but now. If you go down to Mexico, you can get yourself a handy dandy abortion and no one's the wiser. So we'll see what happens next. I think this is a, a startling development. Uh, you, can, you guys can make decisions. I know that this is a, a controversial thing and maybe not necessarily totally about veganism, but I think it has a lot to do with activism. The more active your, the more active your crowd is, your crew, the more active you are, the more the more change you can affect. We became complacent about Roe v. Wade. We became complacent about abortion rights and women's rights. And guess what happened? They, the 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 rights at conception group, they activated. They were they've been active for 50 years and they won. They won. And in Mexico, they won. The diff the 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 abortion rights people won in Mexico. So you tell me what you think. I'd love to know in the comments and chat. Hooray for Mexico. Wonderful. Anti-choice. I want to go there. There's a plethora of choices available before, during, and after before choosing to kill. See, no low plant power. Anti-choice. I think they're anti-choice because if a woman can't have the same num the same level of access to medical care as a man, that means women have fewer choices than a man. That's anti-choice. I can I I can choose to cut my dick off and have it surgically implanted on my forehead if I want to, but a, a woman can't um, do any procedure she wants. A medical procedure, I can have any medical procedure. There's not one medical procedure that is outlawed for me because I was born a man, and I identify as a man. But if I were a woman, I do not have as many choices as a man. That is a second-class citizen. So I call it anti-choice. I know you might not like my language, but I, I, but you are my friend. And I don't, I don't want it to come between friends. I just thought it was interesting in the idea of activism and proof that if you are active, your values and your political points of view will be respected and will affect change. That activism affects change. That's all I wanted to say about that. That's all. That's all I want to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also wanted to bring up, I don't know if everyone knows this yet. We have new shirts. It is Don't Use Animals t-shirt. I'm really excited about this one. It's short. It's Swimple. swimple. Um, it was inspired by No Injustice Lasts Forever. I said, these are the three words for veganism. No Injustice Lasts Forever said, that's a simple thing that you should put on a t-shirt. So I said, yes, it's an activist t-shirt, meaning that it's printed on three sides. You can see over here in the corner uh, of her left shoulder, there's a big V and 
on the back, it just says vegan. Of course you're vegan. And then on the shoulder, it says V for vegan. So if you're in an activist scenario, you can have it on all three sides. I like, I like shirts printed on all, all three sides. Well, not, it should be four, I guess, but it seems overkill on this shoulder, right? Four, three sides. Yeah. What an image sky. <laughs> Anti-choice is my language too. Anti-choice is a big problem in Costa Rica. I can see that. I've seen that. And Latin America is changing though, Jean. Latin America is definitely changing. Costa Rica is probably right behind Mexico. We'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens. Um, pardon, you skip the plethora of choices that come before. Interesting, a man cutting off his penis is not ending someone's life. Are you pro-choice for meat eaters? Ooh, um, my choice doesn't involve... A meter's choice involves a victim. A medical procedure for your own body is not the same thing. You can't equate the two. A medical procedure for my own body, like removing a, a bot fly. If a bot fly is implanted in my scalp and I need to kill the bot fly in order to survive or just I'm inconvenienced by the bot fly living in my scalp, I'm perfectly within my rights to kill the bot fly because the bot fly can't live on its own without sucking on my blood. So I kill the bot fly. That's perfectly within my rights because it's my body and my choice. Nice. Thank you. Philosophers have talked a lot about this. Kill workouts, not animals. Maybe have to pick this one up. No injustice lasts forever. It was inspired by you. So I hope that you do and sent me a picture. I would be, I'd be honored if you would pick it up. It's a little more expensive than the other ones because it's printed on three sides and that costs a little more. But um, I think uh, Manique and other activists were telling me that they prefer my shirts to have that. So I thought, great, that's what I'm going to do from now on. Screw it. It, uh, it. It's always the same percentage for, uh, for me. So the prices go straight to the, the printing. Um, plant powered, you keep your pregnancy if you want, but don't force another woman. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm not comparing a human to a fly. I'm, I'm comparing lumps of cells to a fly. Don't forget. Um, what is a human is, I guess, the other question that you'll have to answer. But um, something before like 13 weeks of pregnancy, which seemed to be the compromise most people were making in every state, was that 13 weeks seemed to be where everyone was about to about 98% of, um, of abortions were happening within the 13 weeks of pregnancy. And, you know, if you do the if you do the math and look at what 13 weeks looks like, I think you'll agree that the difference between a bot fly and a, and a fetus is not the same. So I think you're, you're right about like we could have an argument about eight month pregnancy terminations. I think that that would be that's a, a kind of a more interesting argument. But if we're talking about the 98 percent of abortions that are happening within the first 13 weeks of pregnancy, I think we'll find more common ground. I do. I'm a lump of cells too, Sky. True, but I have I have will, I have autonomy. I can live without relying on others if push comes to shove, right? I don't have to live inside of anyone else. I don't rely on anyone else. I am an ends to myself. I am not a means to someone else's ends. I am an individual at this point. A lump of cells inside someone's body is not an individual. Kind of like a bot fly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say you accidentally hit a pedestrian. Don't you have an obligation to save that person if you had to donate your blood? Do you have an obligation if you hit them? Interesting. Um, I think that if you hit them, maybe. But that person, again, was an individual. And it's a little bit of a, it's a very different scenario. I, 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 I encountered someone else's rights. Someone else with rights was living their business. I, as a rights bearer, interacted with those. That's a very different thing. Yeah. Are you pro-death nine-month pregnancy? If not, why not? I think that that is a much more interesting question because that is a gray area for sure. Is the pregnancy viable? Will the baby live if you took out the baby right now at nine months? Is there some other, is there some, why is there? I think then at nine months, I think that we might be able to start having very interesting questions about the rights of individuals. That's a very interesting time. I would say probably after six months, we could have very interesting conversations about what a baby is and what a fetus is. That's something that I think all people kind of 
they, they understand that there is a gray area in there. But again, 98% of abortions happen within the first 13 months. You can look it up. That is not something I'm making up. So if we're talking about abortion rights, then I, 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 I just think that if we're talking about the 98% of humans that are having abortions, um, we should keep it safe, legal, and sell them. Yeah. Mm, I don't think it's an individual if uh, it's inside of somebody else. How could it be? That's not an individual. Individual means one, right? Ooh, this is a good one. Um, good one. This is good. In a one-month-old baby cannot live without relying on someone else. Very good point. Very good point. Um, actually, lots of philosophers have talked about this, that once once a baby is actually born, it then becomes kind of the uh, decision of the society whether or not to keep that baby. Now, that if you have the means, so for example, if you're in a um, in a, an impoverished situation and your um, and your tribe can't can't feasibly keep the baby alive in America um, in the early colonial days, they would bury babies because they couldn't feed them. Now that becomes the decision of the group, you see, because we have a shared responsibility for the individuals within us, within our, within our society. But that is a different thing than um, a medical procedure, access to medical procedures for something that's happening within you. These are, these are not things like I'm regurgitating a lot of shit that I've read about this. So don't think that this is all coming from me, but um, when it comes to, it's a really good question. What about infants? Doesn't, doesn't the position of abortion, also justify infanticide no and kind of yes but no because it's not the choice of the mother anymore it's the choice of society after that and we can make our decisions based on established mores and norms and all of that yeah the 14th amendment protects a woman's rights to medical procedures under equal protection of the law it also protects a woman's right to privacy and so what happens to her is between her and her doctor. Um, I think that if you're going to say that those rights don't apply to women the same way they apply to men, then the onus is on you to tell me why. And if the onus, if you're just saying, well, they're just lumps of cells that are now in magically individuals, well, it's clearly not. And like I said, 98% of abortions happen within the first 13 weeks of pregnancy. And they really, um, I don't think there's any scientific argument that they are a... Uh, you know, viable at that, at that age. So there you go. No alarm today. Vegan Nave. I watched some Vegan Nave content today. Someone sent me Vegan Nave's Instagram. He has only, he is under a hundred uh, followers on Instagram. Please find Vegan Nave on Instagram. Such a good, such good activism he's doing. He looks like he's dressed up like a pirate doing activism. He's got like a, he's, he's got a, uh, he looks cool. He looks cool. I mean to say he looks cool. And he's got a he's got a spray paint sign, like a like a Cliff Grant style sign saying like I justify animal abuse or something like that. Really good work, Vegan Abe. I watched some of your content today. Really good. I shared it on my Instagram. So if you guys are having a hard time finding him, look at the stories on my Instagram and um and find Vegan Abe. You'll find him that way. Yeah. I think I follow you on YT though. Let's not fight about this and leave this right. Women with her doctor's advice. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it was more a lesson about um, more of a lesson about activism and not me trying to start an argument about abortion. So, I no low plant based. <laughs> Stephen Maracha is a friend of mine. I count him as my VFF. I, I hope that he understands that I respect him and that. Um, yeah, this this me mentioning that in Mexico going on was more about not starting of not starting a, an argument about abortion rights. This is a channel for vegans, um, but uh, a lesson about activism. That's what I wanted to say. The word of the day is redound. Redound is a formal word that, when paired with two, means to have a particular result. You can it it redounds to someone's honor, but it can also redound to someone's ignorance, right? And so I feel like I would probably use this for that, um, for using it in activists. It redounds to someone's. It redounds to your. You saying meat though redounds to your. Um, 
your villainy <laughs> you saying uh plants lives matter redounds to your racism and uh, misunderstanding of compassion i think that that's uh what it means it could also mean accrue and reflect it redounds to his credit that he worked so hard to prevent this crisis it redounds to stephen maracha's credit that he is constantly thinking about the rights of others and what that means that he cares so much about the issue uh, aforementioned. So, yeah, I like that people are thinking about rights and that makes that means a lot to me. Making mass transit more affordable and better utilized reduces hardship and its attendant costly ills while boosting air quality and public health. This investment in the health and well-being of those with the least of sources in our county will redound to everyone's benefit. Will redound to everyone's benefit. I like that. The, this investment will speak to it. To me, it means like to speak to or to like redounds to his credit. It particular it, to have a particular result it results in yeah okay yeah 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 it shows it reflects it's interesting it's a great word let's see where it comes from i love this did you know a rising tide as they say lifts all boats or to be redundant a redounding tide undulates such that the surrounding water elevates every promotion <laughs> Every pontoon, sorry. This latter sentence, in addition to featuring five words with some relationship to Latin word for wave, and under, redundant, undulate, mm, surround, and water, highlights the earliest and no and now archaic meaning of redound, to swell or overflow. Okay. Which entered English in the 14th century. Since then, additional uses of redound have abounded. I love that word. I always say carnies abound, trolls abound. When an action or accomplishment redounds to someone's credit or honor, for example, it reflects positively back on them the way a wave produced by someone jumping into a pool bounces back to the jumper. Oh, that's kind of a cool little thing, isn't it? That's almost like a, that's almost like the, uh, that seems like the affirmation of the day, you know, like the ripples that when you jump in always come back to you. It's a really good thing. You know, if you jump into a still pool of water, the water always comes back to you, the ripple. It's almost like a karma kind of thing, I suppose. You know? And when something redounds to someone's advantage, one might say that it helps by accruing like, well, a rising tide. The word of the day is redound. I hope that you guys are able to use it in your activism or just, you know, talking with carnies or amongst one another, you know, or maybe just with friends and family. Use your vocabulary. The words, words are a gift. They are a gift. And I hope that you will accept this gift from me to you and from Merriam Webster, I suppose. <laughs> so thank you for joining us for the word of the day. Don't forget to like the video, guys, if you haven't liked it already. We got a small crowd today. So if other people, if you like this video now, maybe the crowd will get bigger on the replay. Thank you. Thank you, Nolo. Thank you so much. Do you see uh, founder of Viva Juliet on Piers Morgan? Another whining session. No, I did not see that. Now I will look, though. Thank you for bringing it to my attention, 40-year-old vegan. I really appreciate you saying that. I will check it out today. I look forward to that. I was talking about Piers Morgan yesterday with... Um, yeah, because uh, the guy that I was talking to who was teaching me with PETA, too, about the, um, about the media outlets, he has been on... P on um, Bill O'Reilly and he's like Bill O'Reilly such a prick on his show but he's pretty nice to the people on his guests <laughs> so I thought it was kind of funny but Gene Bauer said the same thing about Carl uh, Tucker Carlson um, these guys that are like super pricks to you they super nice when they're in the you know when, when you're before the cameras turn on and joey carbstrong said the same thing about pierce morgan that when he went on pierce morgan he's like oh joey how you doing yeah da 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 i love my dogs derp a derp and then once the cameras turn on he's like joey carbstrong issues all joy in life because he doesn't like animals slaughtered for his bloodlust so you know take it those people are charlatans they're just showmen they're not real and their their vitriol redounds to their insincerity, their disingenuousness. Disingenuous was yesterday's word of the day, so I thought that was pretty good. Huh? Come on, I'm using two words of the day in one in one sentence about Piers Morgan. Come on, guys. 
Poor Julia, did she survive it? Oh man, I can't wait to see it now. I try to avoid that. Yeah, I try to avoid it too. It's kind of interesting. I have not spoken to any non-vegans in the last four days, I think. Kind of crazy. RVs eating oysters is <laughs> redounds, redounds to him not caring about animal rights. Totally. It redounds to his um, carnism, his carnism. Totally correct. Absolutely. Oh shit, O'Reilly Factor. That's a way back. Yeah, get in the get in the hot tub time machine, will you? It's a no spin zone. Oh Jesus, I remember. I remember that stupid show. It was horrible. It was horrible. Okay, um, let's just do today in history. The David was unveiled today. Look at that. The David was unveiled today. And nowadays, you're not even allowed to show this in schools. You can't show the David in school because his peepees hanging out. And peepees are, you can't look at them. <laughs> peepees are offensive. So sorry, Michelangelo, you pornographer. According to people in America, this is pornography now. So you're not allowed to watch it. First permanent European settlement in U.S. founded in St. Augustine, Florida in 1565. Only 60 years after Michelangelo's statue of David, there's people settling in our oldest city in North America in the United States is St. Augustine, Florida. It's still there. It's run by Republicans. It's still there. St. Augustine, uh, Florida is America's oldest city. If you didn't know, now you know. And if you don't know, now you know, kitten. The Dutch surrender their colony of New Netherlands which is New York, and uh, 300, 300 English shoulders in 1664. It's all over for you, Dutch. Get out of here, you're English colonists now. So now uh, the beginning of the end happens, 1664, 100 years after which there's a civil, there's a revolutionary war going on. So lots of wars being fought. Siege of Leningrad by German, Finnish, and eventually Spanish troops. A lot of people forget that the Finns were on the sides of the Nazis. People forget that. Don't, don't get it twisted, but also the Spanish. 28 months and Russia wins on the seas of Stalingrad. Look at this. Kids with Tommy guns in Russia defending their city. It really is shocking. Siege of Leningrad. And then it was called Stalingrad. And now it's St. Petersburg. <laughs> um. Anyway, nationwide release of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. If you haven't seen Psycho, Anthony Perkins and Janet Lee. What a movie. You should totally see it if you haven't seen it already. Psycho. It's a good movie. No spoilers, though. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. And people say we monkey around. The ads started for a manufactured boy band, The Monkeys. Three are chosen with British actor, singer Davy Jones having already been cast. Davy Jones is the handsome one. He's got the funny hair. They said what's funny is that Star Trek um, checkoff, they put a hairpiece on him so that he would look like Davy Jones. But um, because Davy Jones was such a heartthrob, the monkeys, it's kind of funny, right? Oprah Winfrey show started today. Kylie Minogue releases her, I just can't get you out of my head. It's so unfortunate that I don't have my guitar on this trip. I'm really missing it already. I'm, I'm losing my calluses already because I'm not playing guitar every day. It's, just, it's so unfortunate. Such a bummer. And today, Star Trek came out in 1966. So let's see. Um, 65, the monkeys come out. In 66, Star Trek comes out, starring William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. Today, September 8th. Today is Star Trek Day. A lot of people, I have a Star Trek Day shirt that I should be wearing, but it's in California, so I don't have it right now. But I'm a big Star Trek fan, and today is Star Trek Day. Usually on Star Trek Day, if you go to the websites, you can find Star Trek memorabilia and merchandise deeply discounted because today is Star Trek Day. Born today is Bernie Sanders. Happy birthday, Bernie Sanders. There you go. The uh, I don't know who Jimmy Rogers is, but Charles Guiteau is the guy who killed Garfield. Richard the Lionheart is the guy who in 1199 died in the uh, Crusades, right? He was 40 years old or something, but he wasn't such people. He was an English hero, greatest king. King John became king soon after the worst king. But um, Richard the Lionheart was the uh, he was a military he's a military king. He won a lot of wars, and the English love that. So they. He's considered still today 
the best king of all time. But really, he was just, um, he wasn't very good. He was just a military guy. Frederick Mastral is a poet. And um, he's known for his work as a writer and linguist in a provincial dialect. Now, things like provincial, the Nobel Prize, they always love the, pro, the when you write in somebody else's dialect. But yeah, um, but provincial is something that we still use today because of this guy, I think. That's something that you might want to think about. But provincial is always considered something like a um, simpler provincial or like a more country dialect. So he wrote poems in that style, a provincial style. Pretty cool, right? Who's Jimmy Rogers? I don't know. Who's Jimmy Rogers? A country singer. Father of country music. Maybe I should know that. Well, now I know he's regarded as many as the father of country music. Did you guys know who Jimmy Rogers was? It's his birthday today. I didn't know who he was. Bernie Sanders is now 82. Please stop saying you want Bernie Sanders to be president. It's over. It's over. 82 years old. It's too old to be president. 50 years old. That's how old. There should be a cap on it. You could be 35 to 50. That's how old you have to be to be president of the United States. Uh, Peter Sellers, one of my favorites. He died in 1980. Peter Sellers is one of the funniest men who ever lived. He was in the Pink Panther movies, and he was in Being There, and um, The World According to Garp, I think. But being there was the one, being there, unbelievable. A Vinci died when I was, yeah, I remember he was a big star in uh, Las Vegas when I was there. Patsy Cline was my mother's favorite. Patsy Cline was my mother's favorite singer. Yeah, every time I hear Patsy Cline, I think of my mom. Martin Freeman's birthday day is 52. Pink, she's 44. There's a picture of her outside my door right now. It says no fur. She's anti-fur, but she's pro-feather. So I got a problem with pink. I think pink should, uh, you know, anyway. Elizabeth II died today, last year. Do you remember when that happened? A day that will live in infamy. And Lenny Riefenstahl died. So you know who Richard Strauss was? He was the, um, he was a composer. Hitler loved Strauss. He was really famous. He's a German composer. He's really good. You know, don't hate him just because Hitler Hitler loved him. Huey Long was a politician that wanted to give money back to the poor. He said that every man is a king, but none of us wears a crown. It's a very famous quote by Huey Long. They shot him dead. They killed him because he said that everyone should have enough money in America. So they killed him. Um, he was a senator from Louisiana, and he was called, I think, King Fish or something. They called him Big Fish or something like that. Um, I don't remember exactly what his name was, but because he died in 1935, but he was a, um, a, a really ahead of his time, really ahead of his time. He thought that the poor should have rights, so they killed him. And uh, Lene Riefenstahl, she's the one I wanted to talk about. She was a famous director. She did The Triumph of the Will. She directed the uh, Olympia, about the Olympia Games. And uh, what was the other one that was the Tiefland, where she used uh, gypsies from German detention camps that were killed later in Auschwitz? Um, she literally was, uh, she was the propaganda filmmaker, Lenny Riefenstahl. Have you ever seen um, Inglorious Bastards? They kind of talk about her, about the... Um, the types of movies that were coming out, the propaganda films. So even though that they didn't put her in jail at the end of the war, she was a Nazi sympathizer and she was never allowed to work again as a director. Lenny Riefenstahl died today. What did she die of? She died in her sleep at the age of 101, 20 years ago today. So there you go, Lenny Riefenstahl. Oh, she directed the blue light. Holy shit, the blue blaue Licht. Now I've seen the blue light. Shit, I've seen all of these movies. <sighs> the blue light was actually pretty good. Uh, 1932, and uh, won acclaim at the Venice Film Festival. Yeah. Anyway, um, Riefenstahl. Thus, always, if you are a Nazi sympathizer or a carny, you're just like you're just like. Lenny Riefenstahl, and I hope that you go away and never come back. Fucking carnies. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We're gonna do the um we're gonna do the affirmation of the day. 
Oh, we're still talking about that. I shouldn't have brought it up, guys. Can we please stop talking about the abortion thing in the comments? Because it, this is a vegan channel. I wanted to talk about activism. I didn't mean to open up the can of beans that is the abortion and the abortion rights issue. I just wanted to mention that there are two different types of activists, but they're the, they're using the same tactics. But the ones that are more active are the ones who win. That's all I wanted to say about that. Please don't let don't let this issue come between friends. This is not something I'm not saying people who have different minds can't people of different minds can't be friends. But if you're a carny, let's not let's not fight amongst ourselves about this. Carnies are the enemy. Carnies are the enemy. The Nazis. I want to get rid of the Nazis. I don't want to fight with vegans about the, you know, about a very complicated issue. So are you guys ready for an affirmation? Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Let's do an affirmation and then I'm going to go back. Today's my last day at PETA headquarters and then I'm on the road tomorrow. Fun is my gateway to joy. This is your daily affirmation for vegans only. If you're not vegan, what are you doing here? You're not my friend. Why are you on this channel? Do not like, do not subscribe, do not comment. If you are a carny, you are a Nazi sympathizer, and I don't want anything to do with you. Thank you. Leave me to my little corner of the internet, okay? Just leave me alone. I, I want to be friends with vegans. Fun is my gateway to joy. Fun is a gateway to joy. It's true. You could choose happiness if you choose fun. It's hard sometimes, but a lot of times I'll just say things like, I'll think of Spock, actually. Every time he is like confronted with something very difficult, he goes, fascinating. And that's something I think of about a lot. Like if something really horrible happens, I go, fascinating. If something really tastes bad, I go, fascinating. If something sounds bad, I don't like that music. Rather than say, I don't like that, I think, fascinating. As in, why don't I like it? What is it about this? Hmm, how fascinating. Is there something to learn here? And fascinating sounds uh, starts with an F, a lot like a fun. So fun is your gateway to joy. Let's see what we have here in the affirmation. When I'm having fun, it's easy to feel joyful. It truly is. And delighted. It's about time I start telling myself, oh, it's about time I start letting myself have a little more fun every day. That's true. And I'm not talking about playing angry birds on your phone. Put the phone down. Have some real fun or not. Whatever. Have fun any way you want. Who am I to judge? Just have some more fun. Would you Would you have a little bit more fun, please? I give myself unapologetic permission to have more fun. Mm. I give myself unapologetic permission to have more fun. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Activism is fun. Go get active, folks. Nilf, heck yeah, it is. Stickering is fun. Fascinating is fun. I agree. That's all right. That's all right, Jean. I love you. You know I love you. Pura vida. All right. Thank you so much. I give you permission to go. I give you unapologetic permission to go do activism. That redounds to your sense of duty, your deontological sense of duty to, um, to animals. No injustice lasts forever. Keep going. Love you, baby. Um, I keep on seeing. I keep on seeing an ad because we 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 only have we don't we we only have basic cable at the Peta House, and so in the background sometimes it shows. So uh, I keep on seeing ads for Kojak, and if you don't know Kojak, it was a it was a show about a a bald detective, and he used to always go, "Love you, baby. Love you, baby. <laughs> Love you, baby." Anyway, Kojak said it. I can say it. I will go with that advice today. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I hope that I get to see you very, very soon. I hope that you have a wonderful day. And in the meantime, vegans, keep it going. Um, I have We have a guest today. We have a guest tonight. And we'll talk about it in a second. It's so hard to not abuse animals. Carnies can fuck themselves. This is a shot of all vegans. This is a shot of all vegans. This is a shot of all vegans.
Do you guys love that song as much as I do? I was dancing a second ago. That was fun. Um, today, Tonight we have a really cool guest, uh, and her name is Lacey Munson, and I can't wait to have her on. So don't forget, we're going to do it at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's 8 p.m. East Coast time. So if you guys want to hang out with me then, I would greatly appreciate it. That would be fun. And until then, I'll catch you on the flip side. Illegitimate, non-carborundum. Don't let the bastards grind you down. We need you. I need you. We need each other. And the animals need you. Thanks, everybody. Keep going. <laughs>